This is TJ Jones, the host of the State of the Saints podcast. And the State of the Saints podcast is brought to you by Manscaped.com. Over 2 million men worldwide choose Manscaped for all their below-the-waist needs. For those that love the lawnmower 3.0, well, I got news for you. The Manscaped engineering team has confirmed that they have successfully created the Lawnmower 4.0. The Lawnmower 4.0 gives you the ability to turn the 4000K LED spotlight on and off when needed for a more precise shave. The new trimmer even allows you to customize your trim all through additional guards lengths, sizes 1 through 4. And looks wise, it's sleek with a two-tone matte and gloss finish, even features a hot foil stamp black chrome Manscaped logo. Show your more off loud and proud. Go to manscaped.com, use the promo code State of Saints, and you will save 20% off of the lawnmower 4.0 as well as other Manscaped items. That's manscaped.com. going on who that nation it is yours truly tj jones the host of the state of the saints podcast thank you so much for checking out the state of the saints podcast where we talk new orleans saints and on this edition we have a special guest with us here on the state of the saints podcast uh, he's been here before and many of you know him from neworleansaints.com i'm talking about jd john DeShazer. jd how you doing doing well brother how you doing i'm doing just fine uh thank you so much for taking the time out be a part of the state of the saints podcast appreciate your time especially you know from that game last night i know it ended a little bit late and you all doing commentary so thank you so much for your time uh but let, let's go ahead and start with the game um on last night monday night football from the nationally televised audience you had two number one uh overall picks on one side you had uh, Trevor Lawrence uh, for the Jacksonville Jaguars. A lot of unanswered questions uh, when it comes to that quarterback competition. But we had the New Orleans Saints in their quarterback competition, and we seen uh, Jameis Winston, which a lot of people feel he took a step forward to solidify that starting position. Uh, J.D., even though nothing has been confirmed just yet, do you think Jameis Winston did enough last night to become the starter week one versus the Green Bay Packers? Well, I'll tell you what, TJ, he, he sure didn't help hurt himself, did he? He, um, he played well, man. He played well. Um, if you're going to base it on what we've seen in the preseason games, then 
it definitely looks like he he has the advantage. Um, you know, one of the things that we were talking about last night was, you know, he was not a 10, 123 yards of touchdowns, uh, but really he benefited greatly from a couple of fantastic catches from Marquez Callaway. Yeah. Uh, if Callaway doesn't come up with that 43 yard and 29 yard touchdowns, and that's what 70 yards plus, um, those are, well, they might not be incompletions, but they're definitely pass interferences. And he doesn't have those yards and those touchdowns. So, you know, sometimes as a quarterback, you got to get some help from your receivers. Your receivers have to do you a solid. And Marquez Callaway came up big. But look, man, I, the, the thing with Jameis is the decision making was there. Um, the accuracy was there. Um, the leadership is there. And so those are the things that we believe obviously that, that, that coach Sean Payton is looking for, um, you know, when you've got a starter and, and especially a guy like James, who's done it before he started five years in Tampa. So he understands those kinds of things that go along with the job. And, and then when you play the way he played on Monday night football, man, it's, it's going to be tough to make a case for anybody else. Now, having said that, you know, Taysom Hill didn't play terrible. The flash plays from him is just kind of drowned out everything else. So even, even the, the, the basic stuff that he did, that was right. And I don't think he did anything that was wrong. But when you throw in the flash plays, now it's all of a sudden like, man, if you can unlock those kinds of plays for the Saints offense, what can it be? So, you know, I, I don't know if he locked it up, but, man, he, he didn't hurt us at all. <laughs> you know, uh, you know, J.D., I, I think about this. Like, everybody, is pretty, I'm pretty sure they know about James Brown. You know, James Brown, you know, at the end of every show, he has somebody come out there and put the put the over, <laughs> right? You know, it, it's almost like Jameis Winston, like, did, had a performance like that. They put a coat over, and then Taysom had to come out there and, and do his act. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. It, yeah. nothing yeah. else needs to be said. I mean, that was a tough act to follow right there, you know? So uh, it was it was great to see. But let me ask you this about Jameis Winston. Do you feel like people evaluate him unfairly? Like, you look at some of these other quarterbacks in the league, it seems – those guys get the benefit of the doubt. You, you look at people like Sam Darnold. They talk about him being in a different situation. Why is it – or uh, am I wrong for feeling this way? Does it feel like people are just ready to write him off as being, you know, a bust almost? Do you well, think so? I, I mean, I, I even felt that when it, when he was w- w- with Tampa Bay, uh, when he threw the 30 picks. I just thought that, you know, all of that wasn't his fault. Now, you know, when you throw 30 interceptions, you got – Receivers who run bad routes or balls that go off off hands. Uh, you've got some bad decisions by the quarterback, obviously, but you also have, you know, what is he being coached to do? Right. And what situations is he in? If he's playing from behind all the time, he's probably going to throw a few more interceptions because he's throwing a little bit more often. If his coach is telling them, you know, no risk it, no biscuit, and he's thinking he's got to he's got to hit the lotto every time, then right. he's going to take more chances. So those things factor into it, but. You know, even with Tampa, you saw him there. His arm is golden. I mean, he can do things with the football that few people can do. So when people, you know, were looking at him at Tampa saying, you know, ah, he, he's, he's garbage, he's this, he's that. You know, look, you, there are a lot of factors that go into making a quarterback successful. You know, an 80-yard touchdown pass is as simple as throwing it 15 yards in the air and a guy breaking the tackle and running. And in the books, it goes as 80. So it's that simple. So, you know, you have to look at what he's being asked to do 
who he's being asked to do it with and, and how the guys around him are performing. You know, was Mike Evans, you know, playing well? Was his other receivers, was his, you know, was his tight ends playing well? Did he have a running game that he could lean on and kind of balance out the offense? Right. All that stuff factors in. And then did he have a coach who was saying, look, at all costs, protect the football, right. dump it off, and we'll play defense and get it back. Check it down. We'll play defense and get it back instead of it's third and eight. And we want you to throw this 12 yard pass. It's hard to make a living like that in the NFL. And I thought he pressed a little bit in Tampa. And I think his, his mindset changed when he came here and saw, look, I don't have to be, you know, Captain Saint. I can come here. I can, you know, I and I can dump it off and I can let the defense do what they get paid to do. You know, I can use some of these other guys around me because he never had an Alvin Kamara in Tampa. Come on. He never had that. Um, You know, now he doesn't have Michael Thomas right now, but, and as good as Mike Evans is, you know, there's a reason Michael Thomas caught 149 passes a couple of years ago. I mean, he's pretty good at what he does. He didn't have, I don't think coach who said, look, everything that you do can be a profit. If you just don't turn it over, just don't turn it over. And I think watching Drew Brees, the last, you know, last year, I think, I think it benefited him tremendously. He said it several times, but I think it benefited him tremendously to just understand you don't have to be a hero. You can fit in with your teammates. You can be one of eleven on offense, and you can still win the game. You don't have to, you know, bomb it out every time you go back there. You can check it down. You can live to fight another another series. You know, all those things I think benefited him sitting and watching. A hard lesson for a guy who's accustomed to playing a lot, but uh, hopefully a, a good lesson learned. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about it. I think it definitely helped him. Um, I think the fact that he actually played in Tampa and he was the first overall pick. J.D., you know what comes with that. There's a lot of expectation. People mm-hmm. look at you as to be the savior of a franchise. And I think he just took that on his shoulders and he felt like he just had to do way more than what was, you know, he, he needed to do. And, um, you know, now he comes to a team that's already solidified. I mean, the New Orleans Saints have won more regular season games in the last four seasons than any other team. And that, that's, that's a successful franchise. So all you have to do is do your job. And you mentioned, you know, the golden arm um, last night. Uh, I think he threw a 53-yard air distance pass, according to next-gen stats, which was the most since 2016. So you have a lot of Saints fans that are excited about, you know, possibly seeing the deep ball back uh, in New Orleans. But let, let's transition from Jameis to Taysom. Uh, Taysom, like you say, he didn't play terrible last night. I mean, he had a really good back shoulder fade to Lil' Jordan Humphreys in the back and end zone. Uh, you know, a couple play, uh, plays he uh, he extended through the ball uh, relatively well. But do you think uh, after this competition, if Jameis solidified, uh, you know, himself as the starter, do you think that Taysom Hill needs to possibly embrace the whole Swiss Army knife role throughout his career? Because most likely, to, you know, maybe he won't get another opportunity to be a starter in the league. I think he'll do it for this season if he's not the starter. I think I think he will. I think he'll do what's best for the team. But Taysom Hill wants to play quarterback. Um, that's what he grew up playing. That's the position he's played his whole life until he got to the NFL. And that's what he wants to do. He wants to prove uh, that he's an NFL caliber starting quarterback who can lead a playoff team. And, and those dreams are hard to die. 
Um, I think for the good of the team, if if he's not the starter this year, I think he'd do all those things because he is a team guy. He wants he wants to be successful, and this team will be much better if he's filling that role if he's not starting because now all of a sudden your tight end depth improves. Uh, your H-back depth improves. Uh, you can use him as a fullback. Uh, you can use him in so many ways um, that he helps your team throughout. But, you know, he wants to play quarterback. He, he's made no bones about it. He wants to play quarterback. And if he's not going to get that opportunity here, if Jay, if Jameis Winston is going to be the quarterback, I can't imagine that he wouldn't want to try it somewhere else. Now, is another NFL team going to be receptive to that? That that's what you always have to look at. The reality is, the reality isn't you see yourself as. The reality is what everybody else sees you as, because that's where your employment is going to come, and that's where your opportunity is going to come. So, which NFL teams, if he's not the quarterback here? see him as a quarterback for them at the age of what 31 32 right. and not having started uh but four games in the NFL that's mm-hmm. difficult and spoke and especially you know you're talking about NFL teams you know if, if we're going to be honest most GMs either have an established guy or they're going to draft a guy that they, that they can get five years out of that they can grow with also so it's going to be a difficult thing if you're saying, you know, okay, where, you know, where will he go? Where will he fit? Where can he step into a starting position or at least step into a realistic competition? That's difficult, you know, at this stage of the game. So, you know, hopefully everything's going to work out well for him here in New Orleans because, look, I, I think that's a role that he can play effectively, that Swiss Army, Army knife. I think that's a role he can play effectively for another four or five years and be, like, great at it. And I mean, well, he's already really good at it. But I think, I mean, you know, now he's played it so well that NFL teams are looking for Taysom Hills. They're looking for that kind of dude. So he has created a niche that he basically originated that teams are looking for. He can do that better than anybody else in the league. Is he going to be willing to do it for another four or five years for the Saints if he's not the starting quarterback? That's the question. But I think he'd be willing to do it this year. I just don't know what he'd be thinking about in the future because, like, he's he's been pretty vehement that he wants to be a quarterback. Yeah. I mean, look, I, I believe in following your dreams. And, I, you know, and I look, Taysom really gave it everything that he had. I mean, you can tell, yeah. like, he worked in the offseason on some of his mechanics. He looks different, you know, in the pocket. You know, I mean, even his pocket pressing, his footwork, it has improved. But like you said, I mean, he carved out a lane for himself. You know, like you have guys out there right now that are looking for the next Taysom Hill. I don't feel Mm -hmm. Tim Tebow would have got an opportunity if it wasn't for Taysom Hill. So I I just feel like you're probably not going to get an opportunity legitimately to be a starter. Like, And if you do, it's going to be on a very short leash. You know how it goes. Those GMs in a fan base, they they first they wonder, like, why are we, you know what I'm saying, why are we signing you? Why can't you, you know what I'm saying, why are you going to stay with the team you came from? You know, and, and they're probably going to be looking at that next young guy, and they're going to be, you know, looking at every little mistake that you make, and it's going to be amplified because they're, they're going to be clamoring for that younger guy. So I, I just feel like, to me, if it doesn't work out, that's something that maybe he needs to, uh, you know, uh, look at. Uh, but lastly, uh, JD, I uh, know you, uh, you know, I had to get up out of here, but I just want to ask you about the defense. The defense, uh, the last two games, I mean, they've been playing outstanding. And if you look at years past, uh, going into preseason, there were a lot of ups and downs, a lot of things that need to get worked on defensively. But it seems like the last two games, the light has really come on, uh, for the New Orleans Saints. Uh, looking at the Saints defense, uh, looking at guys like Davenport. 
even people that have improved tremendously in the secondary, like Ken Crawley. Uh, what have you seen out of this defense, analyzing them in training camp as well as in the game? Have they really taken steps forward? Can you really just see, you know I mean, practicing and, and in these games, can you see a tremendous improvement on the defensive side of the football? Yeah, TJ, I, I think what you see is is the chemistry and cohesion of guys who played together for several years. Uh, Demario Davis, uh, Marcus Williams, uh, Malcolm Jenkins in the second year, um, Marshawn Lattimore, Cam Jordan, um, Matt Marcus Davenport. Uh, you're seeing guys who have played together for several years. And so now you know, there's no thinking that there's it's second nature. They understand the calls. They understand what what defensive coordinator Dennis Allen wants. Um, he knows how to utilize their best strengths. I forgot to mention uh, Charlie Gardner Johnson. I'd be remiss if I don't mention CD. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, but you're talking about guys who understand exactly what their roles are. You're talking about coaches who understand exactly how to use them. And so the confidence builds from there. So now you see those guys, and, and I don't care what people say, you know, preseason game or not, they're moving fast. Yep. They're moving fast yep. because they understand exactly what their assignments are. They understand how to cover for one another. They understand that I don't have to make the play. My assignment on this play is to do this to probably set somebody else up to make the play. You know, I just have to carry out my responsibility. And once you get guys doing that and not overreaching, not trying to do too much. And I think we've seen that for the last couple of seasons where early in the season, you'll hear them always say, you know, we, we, when our communication's bad, our communication's yeah. bad. Well, that's basically guys saying, I'm, tr- you know, somebody's trying to do too much and he just needs to do what he's supposed to do. I think these guys are comfortable enough with each other to where they say, I can do what I'm supposed to do, and I know he's going to clean up for me. I know he's going to be there for me. I know this ain't going to spring for a 70-yarder because I, my guy's got me. And you see that in this defense. So now, can they blend in Ken Crawley? If Ken Crawley is the Ken Crawley from 2017, you got no worries. That's the thing, though. Is is he that Ken Crawley? He's been that Ken Crawley. He, excuse me. He's been better than that Ken Crawley in training camp. He's been better than that. Can he maintain that? That's the thing. And if he can't, Paulson Debo looks like the real deal. He yeah. really looks good, man. He's he's a big corner, and he's he's not afraid, man. The, the stage isn't too big for him. So you know they, they've got a couple of guys over there, and I know they're you know still gonna look to improve that position at cornerback and and all that's nice. But look. It's hard to find a good one this, this late in the game, man. <laughs> they just they're just not dangling off the tree. You you got to you know you you know the good ones are on teams, uh, and so you've got to make do with what you have. What you have is pretty much what you have. So with those two, they really look like they're ready to stand up to the challenge. Though they look good. I mean, I, I can't say enough how good they've been in training camp covering, co- and even in the preseason games, how good they've been in terms of coverage, man. So. You know, I think they feel pretty good about that. And if you got good corners, if you got good corners, you can hold up. And the Saints got a really good front seven now. David Onyemata, we going to be missing six games. He got the suspension, so now you got to make do with some young tackles in there. But again, it just what, from what we've seen in practice of teasing games, those dudes look ready. They look ready. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you, you base it on that. All you can go by is what you see with your own eyes. And until they show you something different, then that's what you go with. And what yeah. they've shown us right now is they look ready on defense. They look yeah. like there will be periods. And we've seen this the past two, three seasons where there might be a five, six, seven game stretch where the defense plays as well as any defense in the league. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know, now, can they stretch that out to 12, 13 games? You know, that's the question. Can you stretch it out to 14 games? Because they might have to until this offense completely gets his legs under it. Because no matter who's the quarterback, you know, whether it's Jameis or whether it's Taysom, there's an acclimation period. There just is. You know, you can't hit the ground running and everybody's going to be like Drew Brees was. That ain't going to happen. So can the defense, you know, not not carry the load, but certainly make it a little bit easier for the offense. Get some stops, maybe get some turnovers. This defense looks like it's capable of doing that. Yeah, yeah I mean, and and you and you touched on it when you talk about stability. You know, I, I started to think about you know it was defensive coordinator after defensive coordinator, and then you had like a lot of these guys. They have to think about a new coordinator coming in, a different a different philosophy, and it affects you as as a player. You know, I, I always use this example of Alex Smith. Alex Smith is seven years. I think he had like seven offensive coordinators in San Francisco. If you have different philosophies, it's going to be hard for you to you kind of buckle down and figure out, you know, this type of system because next year you're going to have to learn a completely different system. So yep. with Dennis Allen brain stability, like you said, players understand what he wants. He know what he has in these, these players because they played together for so many years. You have guys growing up as pros like, uh, Marshawn Lattimore and Marcus Williams and even Ken Crawley. He was young, even though he was in the league a year before those guys got there. So those guys kind of grew up together in the secondary. And now you add some leadership with Malcolm Jenkins coming back. I mean, this, this the sky's the limit for the defense. And, and if this defense plays like this, the offense has an opportunity to figure out what they're going to do. And when they do, it, it, it might be a recipe for success. I think people will be, un, like, I know a lot of people are writing off the New Orleans Saints but if this defense plays like they've played these last two games and it goes into the season and then you combine Jameis not turning the ball over in that downfield vertical, uh, you know, vertical threat of the offense, sky's the limit for the New Orleans Saints. But uh, J.D., I want to say thank you very much for your time. I really do appreciate it. Uh, before you go, let everybody know how they can get in touch with you. Oh, you can hit me up on Twitter at John DeShazer. I'm also on Instagram, although I can't remember exactly what that is because <laughs> I'm rarely on there. <laughs> but, you know, you can always hit me there. And you can follow my stuff on NewOrleansSaints.com. I'm always there, too. All right. Thank, thank you so much. I really do appreciate it. And we're, we're definitely uh, looking forward to uh, hearing your takes and your calls throughout the 2021 season. Thank you, J.D. TJ, I appreciate you having me, brother. All right. Take care. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was John DeShazer. Uh, thank you all uh, so much. Um, man, yeah. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing what the defense uh, is going to do this season. Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, if the offense can actually make that, that tra- you know, that transition, you know, from Drew Brees to Jameis Winston or Taysom Hill, most likely. It's probably going to be Jameis Winston. Let's just be honest. Uh, but I- I'm, I'm excited to see what this, what this team can be, especially on the defensive side of football. Uh, we're going to uh, be right back um, and we're going to have another interview in a few minutes. We're going to have RP3 from 103.7 The Game. So keep it locked right here to the State of the Saints podcast. All right, y'all take it easy. All I got to say is, who that? <laughs> 